I'm very proud of the fact that the Milwaukee is, you know, really embracing you know, the running community in the way it has. And, and it's true that uh, that'd be the number of running groups, the number of races, and the idea that now we have you know, two really strong, viable marathons here, you know, one in the fall, one in the spring. I think that, that that's great. You know, I, I've often said when you look at, um, you know, vibrant cities, uh, they tend to have good running communities and they tend to have at least, you know, one big marathon a year. That is Marquette University President Michael Lovell, and this is the Cream City Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Main, and today I have the honor of sitting down with Mike to talk not only about his journey into running, but his commitment to the Milwaukee community. Whether President Lovell is empowering students to dream up ideas like the 707 Innovation Hub, to addressing generational trauma by starting Scaling Wellness in Milwaukee, we get to learn about many of these initiatives and more, plus we get to learn a ton about the running side of President Lovell. Did you know that he started the Lakefront Marathon University Challenge and has a running group at Marquette? During our conversation, it is admirable to see how committed President Lovell is to our city and himself. I left incredibly inspired and I hope you leave feeling the same. Also some big news, we have a brand new website. Check it out at creamcitypacers.com. You'll find all our shows with streaming links, photo galleries, show write-ups, and more. Plus, you can sign up for our emails. Today's episode is sponsored by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. Mimosa has been named the top brunch spot in Milwaukee multiple times. Located on 27th and Ryan Road in Franklin, Mimosa serves up your favorite breakfast dishes with a twist, like my favorite, the Greek yogurt banana split. Mimosa is open every day of the week from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can make your reservations at mimosabreakfast.com. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. I'm honored to be sitting across from President Michael Lovell. Uh, he is the president of Marquette University. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, so how's your summer break been going? Oh, it's good. Hey, we haven't had much summer weather. It's been kind of a, a challenge, but yeah, obviously we have graduation You know, happens in the third week of May, and the campus kind of quiets down a little bit, and uh, it gives you a chance to catch your breath, and I get to train a little bit more, which is always nice. And uh, but it's uh, by the time we get to July, we start missing the students and start wanting to come back because they bring so much energy to the campus. Oh yeah, I bet. But maybe uh, you have a couple extra hours a day to get some runs in now. Yeah, yeah, runs, bikes. Yeah, it's it's always it's always good. All right. Well, before we jump in, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Mike Lovell. I'm the 24th president of Marquette University. I've uh, been in Milwaukee 11 years. I started in 2008 when I came to UWM from Pittsburgh, and I moved over to Marquette uh, a little over five years ago. This is a running-themed podcast. How did you get into running? Well, it was, it's interesting. I grew up uh, playing team sports, uh, you know, and I grew up in an age where there was no club teams or specialties, and so I would go from football in the fall to basketball in the winter uh, to volleyball in the spring to baseball in the summer, and that was kind of the, the cycle that I, that I worked on. And, um, you know, when I got to college, uh, I I played volleyball, but at the time, uh, there may be a dozen Division One uh, men's 
college volleyball programs, and I certainly was not good enough to, to play at one of those levels. So I played club volleyball, and um, you know enjoyed that. And you know up up into that point in time, uh, running was always something that was you know kind of a drudgery. It was always punishment for the for the team sports <laughs> I played in, and so I never really uh, you know got into it. But then when I was in graduate school, I was uh, I was in the lab. I worked in a lab and ran a lot of experiments. And I would um, set off um, the experiments, and sometimes they take two or three hours. And so, and they would, you know, I'd be at the lab all day and, you know, into the evening. And so sometimes I would just set off the experiments and then go exercise, go for a run. And that's really when I started running when I was kind of in my mid 20s when I was in graduate school and uh, ran my first uh, marathon uh, in uh, 1994. Uh, It was actually one of the very first races I'd run. I'd probably only run two or three other races before jumping up to the marathon distance. And it was, uh, you know, something that was a, it was a really rewarding experience, you know, to me, the, the training, the regimen, I really, uh, something I really appreciated. And um, I was hooked and, you know, I've, I've run, uh, 34 marathons now so it's been you know a great you know 30 years so you have a lot of marathons under your belt yeah so yeah. 34 and 30 years a little bit so. less i think uh i think yeah, i gotta remember my first one in 1994 so it's been what was yeah. that marathon it's pittsburgh marathon okay in pittsburgh where I'm, where is, I'm from. is that a big marathon or does that compared to like a, a lakefront yeah it's well it's interesting again it's it's like anything else you know these some of the they they ebb and flow and it was a, it was really big when i was when i first started running they would um give out a lot of prize money uh the kenyans would always come and so it was a big race and then uh they lost their 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 big sponsor and so they actually i think there's a couple of years where it, it dwindled down but now they're up to 30,000 runners you know 35,000 runners running running the race again and it's sponsored by Dicks now and and uh but yeah it was a uh, it was Pittsburgh's a hilly it was a hilly course it was challenging but oh. uh, but I but I trained but I trained in Pittsburgh so I was used to that and I think that actually benefited me you know in uh, in, in in the marathon itself because I was used to those those hills. Yeah, did, so did you do a lot of that training at the beginning then when you got into running by yourself or is there like a good running community out? Yeah, so so it's interesting, you know, uh, I got into marathon running. I had a, a couple of people that I trained with uh, that kind of were marathon runners that, that got me got me hooked and then you know, once I started uh, started you know running, you, you you do you try to find yourself groups and people to go on those twenty mile runs with to share the experience with, and so or suffer uh, and pain, yeah, with. suffer and pain <laughs> with, yeah, misery loves company, right? And and so no, but I, I think you know in in Pittsburgh when I was there, originally started running. There was a group I ran with, and then then I um you know I, I moved to Kentucky from my first academic position, and I I found found a group there that I ran with that was. That was real good, and then then I moved back to Pittsburgh, and I found another group that was at the university that was a it was a bigger group, and it was really uh, some really high quality runners, and I think that they helped push me to to you know set a lot of PRs during that time frame and, and do well. So you really got into it then, really yeah, yeah. I think it, t- I got, taking training seriously. Yeah, yeah. I think you know again, I I think it's part of the evolution. You know, most people like I, I ran you know my fastest shorter times when I was kind of in my my mid to late 20s but then when i got into my more to, to early to mid 30s is when i did my best at the longer distances like the marathon awesome so how did uh you make your way to milwaukee so i was recruited here uh back in uh, 2008 uh, to be the dean of the college of engineering at uwm and uh, you know, that was something that, you know, I was ready to take that next step in my career. And it was really interesting. I, I remember 
I w- it was my second weekend. We actually moved on a Friday, and so um, I just did a. I remember, you know, I was in the habit of doing a longer run on the weekends. I remember that first Sunday I went. I was in Whitefish Bay, and I just ran north into Fox Point. And uh, but the second weekend, I actually found my way to the Oak Leaf Trail, and I was running down the trail, and I started seeing all these runners. And before I know it, there were hundreds of runners. You know, see, were coming. I was going kind of against, they were going the opposite direction. So I finally stopped them and said, what is, what is this? And they said, oh, we're the Badgerland Striders. And I asked about, you know, when they met. And so the next weekend, even though I was in training for a marathon, I went and ran 15 miles with the Striders. And that was kind of my indoctrination to Milwaukee running to meet that group. And, to, uh, you know, and I, many people that I met during that first run, believe it or not, I still talk to and, 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 and uh, have been friends with ever since. That's pretty incredible that you found the Badgerland Striders. Yeah, kind of by accident. Running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people run here forever before they realize what um, the community has to offer in the running scene. So then being at UWM, did you find a lot of people you were working with were runners? Is there a big running community? Within yeah, the it was system? interesting. Well, the as with anything else, you know, um, you know, one of the things that was unique about UWM is we don't have an outdoor track. And that was kind of one of the, the places where you meet people. Like I was at Pittsburgh, you know, I met a the group of runners I ultimately ran with at the track one day. I just ran into them and, you know, got sort of conversation. Next thing you know, they're inviting you on the, on the runs with you. At UWM, there were a number of people that I that I met that were uh, runners. Uh, but it really wasn't until um, I became chancellor there. And in 2012, and uh, Patrick Ferry and I, who's the who's the president of Concordia University of Wisconsin, he was a marathon runner. And we got to talking and said, wouldn't it be great, because the, the race kind of runs through both campuses, uh, that we had teams where we encourage uh, fitness and exercise among our campuses and to have marathon running teams. And it really started the university challenge that we have today that includes MSOE and Marquette, along with UWM and Concordia. Uh, and uh, that was a kind of a, a neat, you know, step for me. But when we formed the team and we started putting out, you know, uh, through different uh, media and, and invitations, inviting the campus community to come, we we, we sure we found anyone who was marathon running. And you know, at UWM, the first year, you know, we had. I think we started with over 100 people that you started the program with us. And I think by the time we finished, there was maybe about 80 that ran the marathon. But it was a great way for me to get to know uh, the running community at, at UWM. And we had students, we had faculty, we had staff. And it was great for me to see. We had a, I don't forget the story, we had a 65-year-old uh, business faculty that uh, she had never run you know, really much in her life. And I remember she came to one of our first workouts in January preparing for the, the race in October. Uh, she walked, ran two miles you know, on the track and to, then to see her, you know, about, <clears throat> about eight months later, you know, finish, you know, the marathon in uh, four hours and 30 minutes was just an incredible, you know, tribute to her and, you know, what she did. That's so cool. Those are some of my favorite stories. I come from that of like not running at all. And like, I hated running mm-hmm. <laughs> to being able to accomplish that. That's incredible. Yeah. So about, you said that first year, about a hundred people came out. Is yeah. that from UWM? Yeah, it was UWM. Yeah. So, that was UWM. so, I mean, the university challenge is big now. I mean, it was big when it started. How are the other schools? Was it just Concordia? It was just Concordia and UWM when we started. And So uh, who won the first year? We won the first try. It's traveling trophy that we had it. And, so uh, can you explain a little bit how the how the challenge works? Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's ebbed and flowed in the way they do the scoring. Uh, the first few years, it was the average time of the entire team, so everyone's time counted, and it's kind of gone more towards 
uh, the top five male and female, I think, is where, where it's at today. And, and I think that they're actually incorporating some alumni in, in the event as well. Again, to, I think some people that were on the campus have graduated, that were part of it, want to keep you know doing it and so yeah it's you know but but again it's it's really a, a great way to promote you know health and fitness and a, and a good lifestyle on the campuses yeah definitely um so what schools are all in it now so uh it's uwm uh concordia marquette and msoe so how is it the for i want to talk about that transition into marquette but how was it your first year of marquette <laughs> then competing against your old school oh it was it was interesting you know uh, and uh you know i think I'm not sure we've won it at Marquette since I've been there, to be honest with you. I think that we've uh, come in second uh, several times, but Ooh. we haven't quite I think, Fred, I think my first year at Marquette, we, it was the average time. I think we lost by like a total of 20 seconds. It was, oh, like, it was close. that close. It was that close. You know, it was really, it was, a, it was nip and tuck. I think we lost to UWM. Who usually, who has the most titles? I think Concordia probably has the most titles because they've, um, you know, I think because they have they have a smaller group and and sometimes they've had some really good, you know, top end runners that have skewed their results towards the average score towards towards them. And <laughs> they just recruit just for this event. Yeah, well, they 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 have some good runners that they they have on board. But no, it's been but it's been fun. It's been fun to compete in that. So you were at UW Milwaukee for six years, and then so that takes you to like 2014, yep. and then you transitioned to Marquette. Yep. Talk, talk us through that a little bit, just changing, I mean, moving schools in the same city and just that journey a little bit. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it, some, in some ways it was a little bit scary because, uh, you know, not that I'm a huge public figure, but, you know, Milwaukee's not that big a town. And so it was kind of a big deal that I was going to go from UW to Marquette. And I didn't know how people were going to react. And the nice thing is, is that most people were really happy that I stayed in the city and that I was still here as, as a leader, uh, you know, from one institution to the other and you know the institutions are both very important to the city and but they're also different and you know i would just say that you know marquette's a great fit for me i'm really happy there uh you know um uwm's a great school it's a big you know uh public institution huge uh, in research and marquette's a little bit smaller medium-sized school you know a value-based catholic judge institution and so uh, both add a lot of good value to the city since you've uh, been president there, what are some of like the bigger initiatives you've um, been trying to work for at the school? So I, I so I think the biggest thing when I came to Marquette, um, the first uh, two months, you know, I really just did a lot of uh, listening. I met with as many people as I could, whether it be the leadership, the campus, the faculty, and the students, and kind of what I heard was that people had all of these great ideas about ways we could transform ourselves in a, in a, in a positive way, but there was really no mechanism for, for the ideas to actually bubble up. And so uh, one of the first things I did is I, I, I fundraised several million dollars for a strategic innovation fund, which really empowered the campus to start implementing the ideas that existed on the campus. And we had over uh, my first five years, we have seeded over uh, 80 projects you know, that have you know, uh, impacted the university or the community in, in some really special ways. And, you know, I often use the example, the very first year we did the Street Innovation Funds, uh, the top project was actually came from two students. And it uh, formed something called the 707 Innovation Hub. And uh, their idea was they wanted a space on campus that was, you know, 
high profile that students knew about where they could find each other and promote ideas about innovation entrepreneurship. They could pitch their own companies. We could have mentors come in to help the students uh, learn and launch their initiatives. And so uh, the two students, Sam and Creighton, that you know had that idea, they were sophomores at the time, but we had the space built out for the start of the senior year. So they got to see the space actually up and active. Uh, today, we have over uh, 35 student ventures at one place or another actually actively going through that and, and being launched. And so, you know, something like that, you know, is something, you know, we think about, you know, trying to promote innovation on the campus, you know, and, and, and again, empowering the people that are there uh, to make those changes. Um, some other big initiatives, too, is actually... Uh, addressing some of the physical spaces on the campus to really look at what a campus of the 21st century looks like in the future. And so we've we've going through some pretty big capital projects. We last year we we opened the Commons, which is the first new residence hall in 50 years, and it's a it's a really special building. And you know, we made the room small, the common space is big, and have really a, a dining facility that is second to none. So really promote a sense of community. So students are kind of forced to interact with each other and spend time outside of their rooms, you know, and um, really getting a, an experience where, you know, they're, they're learning to live in that community and get to know each other. Yeah, so it sounds like you're really promoting the kids in the in the school to get involved more with themselves across the campus. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, so did you carry over, so at UWM you had a running group, right? Did you carry that over to Marquette? Certainly, yeah. And, you know, again, as soon as I came over, you know, we enrolled in the University Challenge, became the, at the time it was just two teams, and we we became the third team, and we immediately recruited a team my first year, uh, to run in the University Challenge. And so, again, uh, it was great. I think the first year we had about 60 people run the race from Marquette University. Again, we started late, but it was still good to have that many people, you know, get involved. Uh, it's been going on ever since. And so, <clears throat> you know, we do several runs during the week, typically Tuesday and Thursdays and then Friday mornings. And then uh, we usually, uh, you know, jump in with the um, Badgerland Striders on Saturday for their build-up runs, you know, going, going forward in the future to train for the marathon. Awesome. Is that just focused on running the marathon, like the lakefront marathon, or is it an all year? It's an all year club? long thing. Yeah. The the uh, you know again, it's it's more promotion of security, and we have a lot of people that you run with the running group. I think you know the listserv is probably close to four hundred people that are that are on the listserv for, for the running group, and you know a lot of people you know don't run marathons but still can partake, and you know you're running occasionally with us, which is fun. I think our 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 run on friday morning we run it's called the lighthouse run and we run uh, to the lighthouse down behind Summerfest, and uh that's a, a run for everybody you know we did we, we try to keep the pace you know slow so you know it, or at least a, not i wouldn't say slow but a pace where everyone can you know run and enjoy it and you know just build a build a sense of it as a community the some of the other runs are more focused on you know tempos or or speed work where again the nice thing about doing a speed work on the track is that when you know even though you have different speeds you're all starting and finishing together you know and so again that's a good and then the warm up and cool down back and forth is a great way to you know to have discussion with people that's awesome and this is the running with the president yes group. Yeah, that's the yeah. official title official title is there yeah. official swag for this of course we every year we come out with the new jersey uh we've now cycled through all the colors we started out with navy 
and then we had uh, light blue, the the championship blue, and then we had gold, and this past year we had white. So now we're cycling back to the navy because those are the, the four colors of Marquette. And so that's yeah. awesome. So you said you started that right when you came to campus for the challenge. So how has that been? I mean, how was that right away? Like meeting meeting fellow students. I mean, I'm a, is it open for staff or just students, oh, every, faculty? faculty, staff, and students? And you know, I always say it's great because I get to meet people from the campus otherwise I'd never run into. And you know, I always say when you throw on a, a, a baseball cap and a pair of running shorts, it levels the playing field. And everyone, I hear people feel comfortable talking to me about things the way they experience the campus. So I get to learn about things that otherwise may not learn about the way people are experience the campus and the things that they're 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 seeing and feeling yeah that's such an awesome opportunity and and running well your hat and your singlet how level yeah. the playing field but just when you're out there it's just it's such a different world it's just you and your runners around you and there's two things you can do i always say run and talk yeah <laughs> and it, it creates awesome conversation and you learn things about people you might not have learned oh, just like passing in the hall yeah no it's great I, you know we Again, several of the students I've I've run with, you know, you go on, it's really unique to go on a 20-mile run with a student and, you know, kind of share life experiences and they learn about you and you learn about them and you get some really interesting conversations. Yeah. What are some good conversations you've had? You know, it's been amazing. You know, I think about... um, so many of our students had never have never run marathons before. I was just going to say, yeah. the students probably if they ran in high school or yep. what's the farthest five k. And, so, and so, so it's really neat because every time when you're that first time you're building up, hmm. every run they're going is the furthest they've ever run, and that sense of accomplishment that they feel uh, when they get done, and um, and just being able to share that with them and, and hear that with them. And we've had, you know, it's interesting because we've had several runners uh, that have just done really really well and i remember uh, when we first started the group we had uh, a freshman by the name of zach longo uh, who started running with us and and then we had a, a senior uh, uh sophie uh shunk that ran with us and she was actually the goalie for the soccer team when she got with her eligibility she ran with us and i never forget and they started training with us it was clear that they had a lot of potential and i remember the first race that we we typically would would do a half marathon in the in the uh, spring and a marathon in the fall and the first uh, we do typically do the Wisconsin marathon down in Kenosha I think both Sophie and Zach placed third in their first distance race oh, wow. in big races and you know it was pretty clear and then and Sophie followed that up with a, um, a third place finish at Lakefront or maybe it was second I can't remember but second or third at Lakefront and Zach ran in the in the 240s or 252 or something and so it was just amazing to tell how good both of them did the first the first marathon they'd ever done that's incredible do you think that they would be runners like that today if it wasn't for the group it's hard to tell you know they they obviously had the potential you know and they're both still running and running really well in fact sophie sophie is uh she runs professionally now she's uh, she's type one diabetic and so she's part of a, a, a team that sponsors her for that uh she's out in san diego now but um yeah i think i think they got the the bug and the itch when they were with us and it's great that they're carrying that forward yeah I can only imagine my first race placing third in a third in your age group, <laughs> and then following it up with a, a lakefront a lakefront medal. Outside the running group, do you have any other running initiatives you have started with the campus? Uh, one of the things we've done, uh, we had a, a student by the name of Ian Cluen, and Ian uh, started with us, and he's legally blind, and um, he actually again ran his first marathon and i think he was in the in the 
240s or 250s for his first marathon, and he actually won the visually impaired division up in Boston, yeah, because he qualified for Boston, and we were there, and he, he actually won. Uh, and uh, that was a real you know great thing for him. But uh, during the summers, he when he was a student, he ran a sports camp for visually impaired students. So we would actually uh, you know be down at the track. A bunch of us volunteered from the running group to actually you know help the kids run, and we'd you do um, teach running form. We do relay races. We had just a lot of fun you know with the, these visually impaired kids that would come down for the summer. But again, you know the idea of service you know to our community that's something that we focus on at Marquette and to have people with the running group you know have that part of you know what they wanted to do when they were on the campus and have Ian someone who was just a, a great you know obviously he's a great runner a great leader he's actually in medical school now down in Kansas City uh, oh. just you know to have somebody just be so accomplished that has you know this physical limitation has been incredible I mean that's awesome yeah, you there's probably success stories all over campus in every department and it's cool to be able to see that come out of come out of the running group and, yeah. and happen because because of that so that's um that's pretty awesome. So, do you lead all the uh, training for the team, or do you? We've, 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 uh, typically, you know, mo- most of, I write most of the training pl- programs in the past. You know, it's something that I've done. Uh, we do also get the help. Mike Nelson, the cross country coach, also runs with us, and nice. you know, he gives us some some help and some pointers. So, what's uh, what's the Michael level training program look like in a week? Oh, it, you know, again, we build, it's like anything else you build up, you know, but typically there's, the, it's built around three staples and, you know, that's, you know, speed work, you know, the tempo and the long run, you know, and so those are the three main days. Uh, the other days you typically, you, you, you want to either have a rest day or, or, um, you know, just have a shorter day that you, you don't really focus on the pace as much. And, uh, but we would build up to 60 miles, you know, in the week to train for the marathon most of us and again we, we it's the the runs get longer we try to to and group up with the Badgerland striders you know to to get those get those runs in that's nice the long runs with Badgerland are great they have great build-up runs yeah and all the support they provide you know with the you know with the water stops and the the food at the end and just to have you know again to have you know, in, when it builds up, you know, to the to its peak in August, you know, you have three or four hundred runners, you know, showing up on a Saturday morning, which is really neat. Yeah, it's incredible. It's always crazy to see the Oak Leaf Trail on Saturdays in the summer with all the different running groups. Yeah. You got OMG, Badgerland, um, Fear. It's crazy. Uh, so you sixty mile weeks you build up to. Is that pretty typical for you in a training cycle? Yeah, that most of my train. But when I was younger, actually, when I was back in, uh, you know, when I was running my prs you know i it wouldn't be uncomfortable for me to do 80 mile weeks so you, you had know. high mileage weeks yeah i don't yeah. run that many so that's very high mileage yeah no it was, and i maintain that i was actually able to maintain that for quite a while for quite a few years um and uh you know I, I look back at those years and think about the times i ran and what i was able to do and it, it's like a different lifetime from today's i've gotten older so where did you pr my pr in cleveland i think it was either 2003 or 2004 i, I ran a 243 um and uh i had a, a series of i had a period of a couple of years where i ran yeah, you know, four or five marathons in the two forties, and uh, those—that was kind of my those were my peak years. Again, I was, you know, probably somewhere thirty three, thirty four years old. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll never be able to do that. So yeah, you never know. That's awesome. Don't say never. I, yeah. Um, so, 
moving on a little bit. So the Briggs and Al's run, you are a big supporter of that. Yep. And you actually have a cool little t-shirt you give out as well. Yeah. So yeah. T- tell us a little bit how um, you got started with Briggs and Al's run. So well, I, I, and I typically had always run Briggs and Al's run, but when I got to Marquette, it's, it actually starts on this, the heart of our campus. Yeah. You know, one of the main sponsors, Al McGuire was one of the persons who started this. So we have, there's a great amount of pride in, in, in the race and a great amount of ownership for the campus. And so, uh, what we decided, uh, you know, my first year, I really want to encourage, you know, students and people from the campus community to run it. And so, uh, the students actually came up with the idea that, um, any, anyone who beat me from the campus community would get an eye level level t-shirt, uh, which is, which is always fun. And, you know, I in, enjoy that, you know, there, there have been years where I've had students kind of, or people from the campus community ran with me till 200 yards and just outstrip me on the way in, which oh. is a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if, uh, yeah, I don't mind giving out the t-shirts, but it, it's, it makes it, it makes it fun. And, and we, we do get a very large um, group Typically, that runs uh, Al's run. You know, we've done very well as a team too, because we we have a market team that is part of that as well. And you know, again, the students particularly get to five miles. You get these 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 kids that ran in high school, and they train them with us a little bit, and they're really fast. Yeah, because it's a it's an eight k, correct? Eight k, yeah, that's right. And it's a really big race. Yeah. I now mean, I think we get ten, twelve thousand people. Yeah. That run it. There's a really cool photo of Al and at the beginning of the race stretching. Yeah, I just recently it. found yeah. him. He looks so excited and happy. You can just tell it in his eyes. So, what is the? I, I haven't run it before. Um, what is the energy like? Like on campus before the race starts. Oh, it's great. I mean, the um, again, it brings out the whole campus community. So you have all the sports teams, and you actually have the men's and women's basketball team. You know, they're playing basketball with the kids that you know some of the, particularly some of the cancer survivors and others that are that are out there. But you have all of our sports teams. You know, the 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 the, the Golden Eagle, the band, the cheerleaders. You know, it's it's just really it's a neat environment. And again, again, it's just the the energies for the run. And I think any time a race runs through downtown, uh, it it just adds you know something. And so being able to go down right down the heart of Wisconsin Avenue that goes right through town and it's something that again it's and there's bands you know along the way and there's all kinds of support people cheering it's it's kind of neat there's uh, again they have high school you know bands and cheerleaders that you know are down along Lincoln Memorial and you know really help bring you in yeah it's and it's a little bit downhill for the most part yeah yeah the first the first mile times. you got to be careful because it's when from Marquette to uh, to you know, a little bit past Water Street's the first mile. It's it's that's really downhill. Yeah. The prospects going up is a little bit different. A mile two is a little bit harder. But uh, yeah, first mile you gotta be careful not to go too fast. Well, Wisconsin Ave. I've ran it the other way for the Milwaukee Marathon, and that is the longest stretch out to yeah. Sherman yeah. Boulevard uphill. <laughs> oh. So I think running downhill is way better. What are some good memories from the race? Oh, I think the first year I ran it, it was the only year that I've been here that it's actually been cool, and it was uh, actually I had a really, um, you know, had a had a good run, and uh, I remember starting the race with uh, uh, Father Luke Strand, who I've gotten to know, a, a priest here in town, and he had a real good race, but it was interesting because no more than two weeks later, he actually ended up being diagnosed with cancer, and so uh, the next 
uh, two years, he was not able to run it. But then uh, two years ago, he was able to come back and run it. And it was, for me, it was great to see him back to be able to running the race, you know, after, you know, struggling with, you know, with, with colon cancer. So well, that's awesome yeah. to be back out there with him after that. Yeah. So do you usually run the race? Um, by yourself do you have like a good group you said sometimes the kids keep up with you no yeah so I, I usually start out you know I, again i you know we all you know the the group we always have a great a great picture beforehand with the running group with the students and you know we'll have our jerseys on and but once the race starts it's kind of every man for himself and so uh you know we um yeah i just typically run by myself but there'll always be some people just kind of you know hang around me for a little while and you know, they'll either drop off to the first mile or run ahead of me after that first mile. But uh, yeah, it's always good. What's your What was your time last year? Uh, Just for people who might be on campus. Yeah. So last year, it. so last year, so I was coming. I actually had um, my left knee. I had a I had a bone chip getting out of my joint. So I actually had had to have some some arthroscopic knee surgery in August. And I had literally. It was my first week back running. Was Al's run, and I got permission from my orthopedic to to run it. And I want to say I ran, it was not, I think 41 or 42 minutes was, was the slowest time I've ever run, but I was still happy to be able to compete and, and do it. Uh, you know, I've run it in the past as fast as 32 minutes, I think was my best time that I ran it. But, you know, um, I'm not um, I'm not running as, since I had the surgery, I'm kind of, you know, have t- taken a, a pause on doing marathons again, you know, and, and realizing that maybe that's not the best for my long-term future, but, you know, I hope to beat my time from last year, this year now's run. So, all right. So get out there and train yeah. and get your shot at a, I love, I leveled level. Yes. Sure. sure. Yep. You have the designs ready this year. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Uh, yeah. On the front and the front, it says, you know, run out of Hoya, uh, you know, so it's cause there's a, there's a song that Walmart had, yeah, tradition in the, some words, and it's called Ring Out of Hoya. And so we actually taken a play on those words. It says on the front, it says Run Out of Hoya. On the back, it says I Love a Level. So. Nice. That's awesome. So being, you know, at MU, you have a lot of alums, um, athletes that come out of there. Uh, do you have any uh, memorable stories from some people you've encountered over the years who sure. come back no. or come out of the school? Yeah, so you know, some of the I've gotten to meet some really great uh, athletes and uh, you know former students. You know, Dwayne Wayne comes immediately to mind. Um, you know, he he does a um, he's he's very generous and he funds a program uh, in our education school called the Hartman Literacy Center. And uh, you know, he uh, it's the Hartman Literacy Center. Actually, they bring. Uh, second and third grade students onto campus, so they 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 actually bus them to campus and to help them uh, several days a week to learn how to read or to help with their reading skills. And it's a very you know hands-on approach for our students and some of our staff. And what Dwayne funded was so the students don't have any melt over the over the summer. He actually funds the students to continue to be brought onto campus during the summer months. And uh, each summer he comes and actually you know he reads. Uh, to the students and, and gets to interact with them. We have a little picnic, and uh, just he's so gracious with his time, and um, he just he really he's just a really he's a good person, and it's just something that he really takes a lot of pride in. And I remember you know one day we were walking back from a picnic over in the Central Mall on campus to the McGuire Center, and we're walking down Wisconsin Avenue, and literally cars are pulling off to the side of the road, jumping out, and they asking him for his autograph. And again, he was so gracious. He signed autographs for people that were just driving down the street and saw him. That's crazy. That's so awesome, though, that he comes back and does that. Yeah. 
I had no idea. So that's cool that he, he gives back to the community still. Oh, yeah, very much so. And he really has a, you know, he tributes uh, a lot to who he is today, to Marquette. You know, he grew up in a, you know, a, a, an environment that was kind of tough in Chicago. And, you know, he feels like he grew up and became the person he was, you know, when he was on our campus. And so uh, he's a great ambassador and alumni. And we got to actually this year uh, during our Providence game, we actually brought him back and, and honored, you know, him. And that was a, a really special day for all of us that were kind of got to be part of that. We surprised him and had his his uh, his his kids. We flew him in. He didn't know they were coming. And they oh, that's went, awesome. went on the court with him. And, you know, it was a very emotional time for him as well to surprise him in that way. Well, that's special that his family could be there and you guys could help make that happen. Yeah. I mean, so speaking of giving back to the community, most people become a president or a CEO or a principal and they, they've made it, but not you. You, I mean, outside of school and having these running groups, you do a lot in the community. And especially in the last few years, being at Marquette, um, you want to talk about some some of the initiatives you've been a part sure. of? Sure. You know, and, and again, the um, you know, when you, when you have these roles, you know, I think part of... Uh, what you're called to do is, you know, to make a positive impact, not just on the institution that you're in, but in the community uh, that you're serving as well. And again, that's part of the mission of Marquette. And, you know, for for years, I, you know, I've been looking to try to find ways to improve things, you know, and, you know, I think earlier in my career, you know, when I was in Milwaukee, a lot of things I focused on, you know, we, you know, we focused on, you know, again, help form, you know, the Water Council and M Work and, you know, Scale Up Milwaukee and the Commons, which is actually located in this building, these are all things, you know, really around uh, a lot to do with, you know, workforce development and making Milwaukee more successful economically. Um, more recently, you know, I've been really feel like I've been called to try to focus on, you know, helping, you know, f- address some of the disparities that we see in our city. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've come to realize, you know, a few years ago is one of the uh, major challenges that our city faces, or a lot of the, the disparities come from the fact that we've had generational trauma among the people in Milwaukee. And, you know, this really, you know, stems back, you know, for, you know, several decades. And, you know, you can look at, you know, some of the policies we've had in place as a city, the fact that manufacturing left and, you know, many of uh, the people that worked in those jobs, you know, you know, those neighborhoods are now blighted and, you know, face challenges, both with economics and health and around education. <clears throat> and so, you know, one of the things I, I feel like we need to do as a city is, you know, trying to address the generational trauma so that we can begin, you know, helping communities, you know, flip themselves and, and you know, change some of the disparities that they're facing. Are these like initiatives outside of Marquette? On your so, own? you know, obviously, being the president of Marquette, being a large institution in the city, you know that, that that's part of I can bring to bear the resources we have on the campus. But it, to address something you know as pervasive and as large as the trauma that our city is is is, is faced and suffered with between you know the violence and some of the other things that happen, you know we need the whole community. So really, the the collaborative that I'm working on something called Swim, which is scaling wellness in Milwaukee, is really to try to wrap around all the work that's going on in the city in a way that's coordinated, 
so that we can address on a large scale, you know, systematic change within our city. You know, that's one thing that, you know, we need to do system level change to really address, you know, what the city has faced. And, you know, that it's very hard to do as individual or even as one organization. You need everyone, you know, you know to get behind something to really change a whole entire system. And again, you know, that's this the step that we need to take as a city, you know, to really, if you think about, the segregation, the racism, the differences, you know, the different zip codes face in terms of, you know, what they're able to attain, what their life expectancy is. You know, it's a, these are all things that are important for us to think about if we want Milwaukee to be the best city it can possibly be. How long ago did you start that? We started that in January of uh, 2018. So it's been about, you know, I think we're now about 17, 18 months into this. And uh, it really started quite innocently we um we have something called the marquette forum where we have a certain topic that we have about 30 or 40 events throughout the whole year that are on that topic and uh in 2018 uh the topic was you know health disparities in our city and so in november of 2017 we had a panel uh from all different sectors you know including the da's office the police force Economic development, education—you know, our healthcare system. You know, uh, we had some political scientists and journalists, some neuroscience researchers that were talking about, you know, why the disparities exist in our city, and all of them peeled back their different areas that trauma was at the root of so many of the challenges that our citizens face, and so. It was great that I, all of us who were there got educated that trauma was important to address, but the question is, well, what are we going to do about it? And so um, we were all sitting around talking afterwards, and on the way home, my wife, Amy, said, Mike, you have to do something about this. And so I actually invited everyone who was at that, at that forum to come back in January, and let's talk about what we can do. We started out with about 30 people in a room uh, discussing ways we could address trauma and, and impact the disparities. I fast-forward. Uh, to today, you know, we have over uh, almost 500 organizations. We we had a conference last September. We had 1,500 people attend, and these are all people that are again, these are all people that are, you know, they don't have to come to the meetings. They're doing this because they think it's important that we have a whole movement started now that is uh, looking at ways we can address trauma. We've got now eight different action teams that people are working on different areas that address trauma in different ways, and uh, it's actually been amazing to me that. Uh, we've actually gotten from both national and international attention. Yeah. Uh, the consulate general from Israel read about what we were doing, and uh, he actually got us in touch with a group called Natal uh, from over in Israel that has been addressing you know trauma that their citizens have been facing for the last 30 years. As you know, the violence and things, and that they everyone serves the military, so they have significant PTSD and other trauma. And we've been able to partner with them and learn a lot. And you know, uh, my wife Amy actually just uh, a couple of weeks ago I went uh, to Israel. And I uh, got to tournate all and meet with their CEO and founder and, you know, find ways we can collaborate together. So it's great that now we're going to have a, a, a civic collaboration uh, with this group from Israel to help us, you know, fix some of the things we're doing here in Milwaukee. That's incredible that yeah. it's become an international international notice and you've had, you've had this happen. You've come this far. What does the future look like for that? So, you know, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, as you know, you start something, and you know, again, you bring people together that have a, a passion and a like mind about something. You you really don't know where it's going to go. And for me, uh, what's been great about this initiative is that you know, 
anyone is welcome at the table. So uh, we have people like myself who are running large institutions involved to people on the grassroots that are you know serving people in some of our most troubled neighborhoods and everything in between. And so, you know, what's great about the meetings that we found is that, you know, we have people having conversations that would otherwise never have interacted with one another. And I remember the second meeting we had in, in, in uh, February of last year, uh, I had one of our neuroscience faculty, this this really, you know, great researcher, sitting next to a, a female African-American pastor from the inner, inner, inner city that was describing to him a problem that she was encountering. He was helping provide solutions and I thought boy this is great that these two have found each other are talking about you know this challenge that she's facing in this way and so with that being said where this is going to go it's really you know we want this to be community led and community driven you know because we really believe that um, the people that you know are experiencing the trauma are experiencing things in the community they're the ones who have the best uh, ideas of what the solutions are. And so what the idea behind what we're doing is is to get uh, resources uh, and people to get behind some of these these leaders in the communities to really have empower them to make the changes within the communities to lift themselves up, but also we can provide resources and you know people at Marquette, we have both talent and you know maybe some economic resources and other things we can provide to help you know you know solve some of these things. This sounds incredible. So if our listeners want to get involved, is there an easy way for them? Well, I think uh, you can go to the website. Uh, It's um, swimmke.org, and uh, it has the listing of the next meetings that are coming up. And again, everyone is welcome. We always have new people at the meetings. And again, the the, the amount of people that come are growing by leaps and bounds. And it's just, it's great to see this actually starting to take hold. And and again, there's eight action teams. So depending on what you're interested in, uh, you can join one of the action teams, you know, and those go from anywhere from we're creating a mobile healing clinic to go into, you know, places in the in the city where they've helped deserts to working on a policy to helping on healing practices for those, you know, that um, and there's education and best practices and you know, it's just really there's a lot of great different areas you, we can work in and, you know, find a niche where you might want to be able to add value. That's incredible. It sounds like there's an opportunity for everyone, yeah. no matter where you are in the city yeah. or what your passions are. So you do a ton. How do you find time to run 60 miles a week? Well, I, so I don't run 60 miles a week now. Yeah, you know, I'll be clear about that. But run? yeah, so so I made when I you know it was interesting when I became chancellor at UWM. You know, I I I, um, I realized very quickly that you know I could. In that job, if you, no matter how much time you put towards the job, you could never get everything done. They're actually, the job was bigger than you actually had time to do. So you had to prioritize what you what you put your time and effort into and worked on. And I made a kind of a pact with myself that I was going to exercise every day. You know, that I didn't want to give that part of my life up because the job would take that over. And so, uh, like anything else, like I schedule it as a meeting or something in, in my day that I do. And the nice thing about running and these other other, um, you know, whether you bike or, or swim or, or run, you know. You can find time just about any time of the day to do that. You know, you, whether sometimes first thing in the morning, sometimes it, I can I, at lunchtime, sometimes I, I can I have to do things at night. Uh, but it's just again, it's it's making a priority and just making sure that you know. I think for my 
emotional and physical health. You know, I think that I'm better, you know, I'm better at my job. I'm better as a husband and, and father. I think I'm better, you know, more in my work in the community if I do take time to for self. Because I, I always tell students, you know, one thing that's really important is self-care. You know, you can't help others until you're healthy yourself. And so I think if you don't think about your physical health, uh, that, you know, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. Pushing for it every day in yeah. your mind to reach that. Yeah, and I think you know, and again, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, and again, as as, as you learn, as you as you age, and your body, you can't. I couldn't, I, you know, I could never run eighty miles a week anymore. That, that's just well beyond what my body can handle today. Um, you know, your perspective changes, and you know, my perspective is no longer, you know, what's my best time going to be in a marathon going forward. My my now my perspective is, you know, you know, how long can I keep up, you know, a healthy lifestyle, healthy living, and be active, and you know, just you kind of change as, as your life gets older. Yeah. So you talk about being active every day. Do you do you love it? Like, do you love running? Oh, I love you know, I love running. You know, I love I love cycling. Um, I, swimming, I do, but it's I don't I'm gonna say I love it. You know, it's just being inside the pool isn't quite the same. But you know, in uh, you know, but yeah, I, I love I, I love being active. I love being outside. It's good. Is running your favorite out of the three? Yeah, yeah, and I would say that I didn't start cycling. You know, as I got into my later 30s, you know, that's when I'm. I could no longer keep up the mileage, the 80 miles a week, and what I was doing because you know your body starts breaking down. I I always say I know my professional athletes retire. When they get to late 30s or 40 years old, just because your body can't handle that stress. And I started cycling, and I actually wish I would have started cycling earlier because uh, it's something that I actually really enjoy as well. It's it's, uh, it's, it's a really neat thing. And um, my uh, my wife got me a Peloton for Christmas, and so Ooh. if you've not done a Peloton, I... I, for those of us that are active and like to compete, it's a great, it, you know, for me in the winter, it's a great way to, to stay active. And, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to be, to, to utilize a Peloton. And, and uh, it's, you know, and so I've, you know, I've enjoyed that. So I think I've cycled more this year than my first six months than I've ever had in my life between being outside or doing the Peloton. Wow, Peloton ad placement right now. Yeah. You have the bike? Because I think they have a treadmill. They have a treadmill too. as well. Yeah, they have treadmill as well. But and you have here, the bike? I have the bike, okay. yeah, and I hear they're coming out with a rower, which will be good too as well. And oh, so, cool! Yeah, but just that whole format where you have <clears throat> an instructor and you have, you know, a leaderboard and you're competing against other people all over the world and you have your own best times you're competing against. It's, it's just it's very motivating. So, do you think all this, you know, setting goals, setting goals, exercising every day, being active, has helped you be where you are today? Would you be here without running? Um, it's hard for me to say if I'd be here without running, but I think it's again, you know, when you when you do uh, you know, run marathons and follow a program and have a regimented uh, lifestyle, I do think it helps you be more effective with your time and more efficient with your time. And and getting back to your you know to your question about running every day, one of the things I'm really good at is transitions in the shower. You know, the more time I you know, I have for running. I mean, less time I have for you know getting ready or or, or showing up afterwards. More time I have for exercise, and so uh, just being effective with your time is something I think is time management's good. And you know, I, again, I I've solved some of the toughest challenges or problems I've ever you know faced when I was running. I've had some great solutions, great ideas that have come to me when I was on runs 
uh, before in the past. So I think it's yeah, you know, it's good about clearing your mind and generating people, know, ideas. People always ask like, so you run a long run, and you don't have your headphones or anything, and you're like, no, and it's hard to explain to people, but it's like this the sense of just you're in yourself in your head, and ideas come to you, ideas go from you. Sometimes I think about something for two miles, and at the end of the run, I forget that what happened. <laughs> so a lot, I I love running for that, and it's it's such a good stress release in my own body. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. So the running community itself, you obviously are part of it. You run, you have your um, running group at Marquette. Um, how do you think just the market, like the community in general, the running community in Milwaukee is, is, is grown since you've got here and how it's impact the city? Well, so first of all, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that the Milwaukee is, you know, really, embracing you know, the running community in the way it has and, and it's true that uh, that'd be the number of running groups the number of races and the idea that now we have you know two really strong viable marathons here you know one in the fall one in the spring I think that that that's great you know I, I've often said when you look at um, you know vibrant cities uh, they tend to have a good running communities and they tend to have at least you know one big marathon a year where people from all over the country will come and, and see that and I I really do believe that you know that um, the Milwaukee Marathon is, is is something that we can all kind of you know get behind. I think that it you know we showed in its first year in the, in the reboot of it that uh, it's something that you know is just going to grow and expand. And you know, and again, we get to highlight the, some of the great assets of our city uh, through through the marathon. And you know, and I've, again, I've run 34 marathons all over the country, and it is a great way to get to know a city. And you know, I've I've some very positive feelings about some of the cities I've ran in based on the experience I had during the marathons. Do you run like do a lot of people come to the school and you run with them? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I mean, I think so. Yeah, we we do get people to come and well, like if yeah, you have like a visitor yeah. or someone coming. Yeah, we no we. Like, yeah, we that'll happen occasionally when people come. You know, they'll hear about the group, and all people will reach out, and they'll they'll run with us, and we'll have you know we'll we'll have an occasional visitor now and then. We have alumni that actually too will like to just find out and just run, you know, just pop in and run with us. And it's kind of fun. Nice. Well, I might have to join you for one of your Friday morning runs. That'll yeah, sound like a good time. No, it's great. And, and the Lighthouse Run is a, it's, a, it's a really neat run. We the, really yeah you know, we get to see. We kind of start out on campus and we run across the 16th Street Bridge and. Uh, run down to the fifth ward, the third ward, over past Summerfest, come to go to the art museum and head back in Wisconsin Avenue. I never run that part of town and I've always wished I would more, so now I can come do it and take a selfie in front of the lighthouse. That's why we do it every run. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But the problem is you gotta Tim Sigelski is pretty fast, we gotta keep him getting in the front because he, he'll tend to push the pace on us. Oh well we don't want that. You yeah. said they were casual. Yeah, they are casual for Tim leads, so all right. Hey, thanks for your time, but before we wrap up, we have our Cream City Rapid Fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> First question, what shoes are you running in right now, and would you buy them again? Yeah, so I, I, um, I have a challenge with my my heel, my particularly my left foot, that I will get blisters, and so I found that uh, a Nike Air Pegasus, I can run in it, and I don't kind of wear out that section of my shoe. And so uh, I've been running in them for a couple of years now and uh, without any problems at all. Nice. So you found the shoe. I found the shoe. That sounds and, yeah, great. And so they've been around for a long time, and hopefully they're not going anywhere. Awesome. What's your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? 
Oh, uh, I think the 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 lakefront has always been my been my favorite. Uh, you know, to go along Lincoln Memorial, you know, there's always that's you know you there's very few places you know in the country that have the beauty that we have to run along along Lake Michigan here. You know, in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, Lake Michigan, the lakefront is such a beautiful route, especially in a sunrise. Yep. All right, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? Oh, that's a really uh, good question. You know, um, I, I would say, you know, as someone who kind of remembers the 70s and, and uh, you know, I, I, I would like to have, you know, uh, Bill Rogers come run run here you know and for those of you who or a different era than myself you know bill rogers was really an icon of the the rejuvenation of marathon running in the united states and and uh, i know that he actually uh, just came back uh, he does the bellin run up in green bay every year so he was just here nice that uh, was just like last, last weekend, weekend I believe. yeah so he was here and uh, it's funny because i have run with joan Boyd samuelson who also i think is the female version of bill in, in terms of yeah, marathon running, and uh, she she ran that as well, uh, and she runs every year. But uh, she's amazing. She's in her sixties, and she just ran Boston three hundred four, which is just I I can't fathom. That is so incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, favorite Milwaukee race. Uh you know I would have to say Briggs and Al's run. Yeah, and again it's it's to have to line up on Wisconsin Avenue and look down. You know, from Zilber Hall, where my office is, down yeah, to you know, 16th or 17th Street, and see you know, 10, 12,000 runners. It's just an amazing, an amazing viewpoint. And, and again, it's for such a good cause too. You know, we're raising money to help kids and, and families that have are facing some huge challenges. And it's just, it's nice to. Uh, to feel like we're part of something bigger, you know, with Al's run. It's an incredible race. Uh, and that is in September. Yes. Yeah, okay, the so week you, of September. Yeah. So you guys have time to sign up and run run it then. Yes. All right. Do you, so upcoming races or goals you have? I know you said you had surgery, so yep. getting back. So so time. the big thing is, you know, I do um, I do triathlons in the summer, and so uh, so I'm going to be doing several triathlons this summer, and uh, you know that's kind of the the goal is you know the um, it's interesting now running was always my fastest part of my triathlon and now with the surgery and kind of having not many miles under my belt you know that's something i'm trying to get my my running time down you know on for that part of that part of the race but yeah so i think triathlon and then al's run will be the next next big one for me to to try to make sure i don't give out too many t-shirts oh i yeah. <laughs> don't want to give out too many well you have some sounds like you have a lot going on okay one last thing one piece of advice to give to new runners Oh, so I, I as with anything, um, you know, you have to be patient, you know, and not, you know, you know, not try to do too much too fast. You know, I think that we all, you know, all of us have that in us. The we want to once we start feeling success, we want to just keep building up and and doing more. But uh, you know, again, try to you know just only do ten percent more per week, and and uh, and you know, it's okay to to to. Um, Back off every now and then. You know, I always tell people that are first starting out. You know, you t- it's great that you're building up to to run and walk when you need to, and, and not try to do too much at one time. And uh, I always say that you know, after three or four weeks, you know, it's it, those first few weeks are really really hard <laughs> to get your base up. But then once you get the base up, you know, hopefully you can start enjoying it more as, as you start seeing some successes. Awesome, I couldn't agree more. All right, well, thank you, Dr. Lovell. I appreciate your time. Oh, it's great being here. Thank you so much.